T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Guidance is internal. Ignition sequence starts. Five, four, three, two, one. Zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Permission to board, please. Permission to come aboard. Permission to board. Permission to board. Do I have some permission to board that sweet mothership? This is the Permission Granted Podcast. Here's DA. Welcome inside the Permission Granted Podcast, everybody. The show about the show. The show within the show. There's so many ways you can actually get this show. You can listen to it on its podcast, its own podcast feed, which is available. All places podcasts are downloaded, so just search Permission Granted. Or you can actually get it to us or get it from us on the same DA show feed that you get all of the DA show episodes on places like Radio.com, iTunes, Stitcher, CBSSportsRadio.com, another place that the podcasts are downloaded. So coming up, side B... I'm going to host Side B, and my friend Pens, who is my partner in crime on the college football road trips, is going to drop on by because we just came back from Clemson. And I want to set up with you, Merez, that we have a lot of listeners in Clemson. We were on overnights and evenings on 105.5 The Roar in Clemson. I remember them being a heavy caller base for us when we were on evenings. Big, heavy. Big-time affiliate. And so that's where I did Sunday morning football from. They carry Sunday morning football as well. And so I was walking through the tailgates, and people recognized me and said hello. Greg from from Tadaro Pizza was kind enough. He's a big listener. He still listens every single day to have us over to the pizza place, put out the pizza sign that you saw in the pictures that I also posted in my Nomad episode about this. Had us all over there, gave us T-shirts to bring back for you guys. And you'll never believe it, the place that I stay, the Airbnb... I usually get the Airbnb because we have a bunch of guys going, want to stay together. The guy comes up to me in the tailgate, at the tailgate. I'm walking into the stadium. He goes, uh, hey, DA, just want to introduce myself. I go, hey. He goes, no, I'm so-and-so. How's the house? I said, the, the house? Yeah. How, how's your stay going? I was like, the, the stay is great. He goes, I'm the owner of the house that you're staying. What? The owner of the Airbnb. Yeah. So it was like a locked, you didn't even meet the owner when you first came in? Sometimes you do that with the Airbnb. Exactly, no, no, did not. So I knew him by name over email, but I had never met him, obviously, and he just came up and he mentioned it. So And he, through email, he doesn't say, by the way, I know who you are? <laughs> no, he never mentioned it. Isn't that strange? I guess a little bit. So I everywhere I went, people were into it, so I thought that was really awesome. That's cool. That's awesome. It's and, always good to have a good, you know, welcoming party like that. And they gave you the T-shirts. They gave everybody the T-shirts. Sure, mine and, fit great. And that led to the conversation topic today. It was a little tight, but Greg at Tadaro said, we only have XLs. I don't know if Mraz is an XL. No, I said, I think he's more like a two, but. It's not Greg's fault. I've had a rough month eating-wise. <laughs> I'll be back in that thing by Christmas. Not a problem. He's He offered to send bigger ones. Well, I mean, look, obviously for now I'd take a bigger one, but I'm getting back in that smaller one. It'll be fine. I'll figure it out. I won't throw it in the dry. When I suck in, it's fine. But you've never been an XL. Oh, what are you talking about? A lot of my jerseys are XLs. 
depends on the company. Well, jerseys are cut different than a T-shirt. For sure. As I said, it depends on the company. I, there are some shirts I'm in. This is an XL that I'm wearing right now. Okay, that fits you fine. Yeah. So, I, you know what? I think sports gear fits me good in XL. Yeah. You ask me getting like a Gap T-shirt on an XL? No way. It'll be a sausage casing. That led, of course, to the Bears and the do Bears have long tails, Tigers have short tails, or vice versa. So, I was wrong. So let's let's ask this question. You said your wife, Danielle, probably would get that wrong as well. Yeah, I bet you she would. And she's pretty smart. If you guys took a standardized test today, <laughs> who would score better? She would. She would. But I think she she gets a lot of like hard hard, hard stuff wrong. Like, you know, I get like a lot of easy stuff wrong. Definitely. I think she would get some easy stuff wrong and some hard stuff right. But I would get all of it wrong. Because you when you had the infamous Columbus was a pilgrim, the sure. first pilgrim, you said you went home that night and Danielle said he wasn't. Right. And that your sisters said, wait, that's wrong? Yeah. And so that your whole circle, your inner circle, also didn't know Columbus wasn't a pilgrim. Right. Which, again, we all went to the same schools. So this is what I'm getting at. Is it possible that it wasn't just because your theory has always been that once you found out about lunch, school lunch. Yes. That that your attention span went elsewhere. Sure. I never focused enough in school. And I I, I don't want to But you did because you were an honor student early. Correct. I was an honor student all the way through 10th grade, but 10th. but I, I it was almost like I picked and choose my spots. I was like, I went out lefty when it came to the honor roll. Um, I, I don't want to paint my school district in the wrong way because there's plenty of smart people that have come. You know, I've, we've had graduates go to Harvard and stuff like I don't know how they fared in Harvard, but you know, <laughs> we've had that kind of stuff happen. What I think probably happens is some of us just retain certain things and maybe it's not expressed clearly enough to us that like we, we just kind of glance up, okay, yeah, that makes sense. And then that's what registered. Nobody corrects us. Maybe we got stuff wrong on tests, but they graded it right. Maybe the teachers didn't care when it came to grading. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I probably didn't deserve a lot of the A's I had. I could type a good paper. You are a pretty good writer. Right. I, I do. I think Football Food of the Week, your column is very well written, shockingly. And and for the record, we made jokes. Like, the reason I didn't get through college in four years wasn't because of radio classes, journalism. Class. I was into that stuff. And if I was just in that stuff, I would have graduated earlier. I couldn't pass math or science <laughs> classes or a foreign language. Those three were killing me. I, I went through it four times to try to pass those to get out of school. I couldn't get it. Think about this. I'm working in radio. I got a media degree. I couldn't get the media degree because I couldn't pass weather studies. I mean, come on. So I do wonder if it was the school, if the school failed you guys. Maybe. I mean. Because I would think somebody in your inner circle that went to this high school would know that Columbus was not a pilgrim. Well, yeah, but we actually had that debate amongst a bunch of my friends. And like half of us thought he was a pilgrim, half of us did. And the so and we all went to the same school. You guys are idiots. So that's what I'm saying. Like school had to have taught us right, but maybe it was the way they allowed us not to fully, like, make sure we had it. Mm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it could have been like, oh, yeah, 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 that makes sense. Or I just wonder if after time passes and you're not learning this stuff anymore and you just kind of, like, again, now I, I know how to hang sheetrock and measure stuff like that, but I didn't know a bear didn't have a long tail. So, like, I don't know. There's certain things that just matter to you. But why do you think most people know the things that you don't? I don't like that they keep remembering it. Yeah, why do you think that everybody on the show knew that Columbus was not a pilgrim and everybody knew that a tiger had a long tail? And why do you think everybody knew that they don't speak Brazilian in Egypt? And why do you think everybody knew that Jacksonville wasn't named after the Jackson 5? 
probably because either my brain only keep. I mean, again, why do I know how Kent Graham threw three touchdowns versus the Cardinals in 98, but you and Bogus don't know that? Okay. It's certain things. Like, your brain has so much capacity, and I, let's face it, have a lot of crap in there. I have a lot of unnecessary stuff that only matters to me and maybe doesn't matter. Maybe in my mind, I don't, like, why do I care if I knew Columbus was a pilgrim or not? But I damn well care, you know, why Gary Brown was starting versus the Redskins in 98 on opening day. I There's certain stuff I know. So you think that probably your sports stuff, maybe your food stuff, yes. has pushed out a lot of the old stuff. Sports, food, and now I would say stuff I need to know as a homeowner and potential parent is starting. Like, I'm focused in on that. I want to nail these two things. Okay. And it shift, maybe it's shifting some of the stuff out. I don't know. But I only have room for so much and what matters to me. And animal anatomy right now isn't one, unless it's my dog and I need to know what parts are what. Okay. On Friday, I was supposed to – you'll hear this conversation with pens coming up in side B, but on Friday, my flight got canceled. Correct. Me and dessert coordinator Brad Heller's flight canceled. Meantime, pens and our other friend Jonah were already down there waiting for us. So we were caught between a rock and a hard place trying to get down there. By the time we got down there, it was too late for smoking pig for dinner, and I was so bummed because that was our barbecue dinner for Friday night. How would you approach this with the airlines? How would how should I approach this that I missed smoking pig and an entire night at Clemson? All right, so this is kind of a double-edged sword. I am not a big guy to complain. This is going to sound either. weird. I don't want to complain for free stuff. I never do this. I hate the people that write letters. I hate all that because I feel oftentimes people are just trying to take advantage. They totally. Let one little thing bother them, and then they want the world for free Schwartz. because of it. Yeah. Uh, Sh- Schwartz is one of those guys. Schwartz does this all the time. He complains about all the service he ever gets to get free coupons. Right. I don't know for a fact, but I get to feel my mother-in-law is like this because anytime something goes wrong, she's like, do you need me to write a letter? And I feel like, I don't know what you're writing letters for all the time. Yeah. But you have to really have something go wrong. There have been two things in my life where something really went wrong. Number one, my honeymoon, there was a million errors that went on. You know, somebody basically died on the resort and they, you know, let us watch it. They, they were out of food because <laughs> they, of a hurricane. They let us watch it like it, a movie. There was a ba- it was a bad scene to the point where it was, it was our honeymoon. It was legitimately ruined. Uh, it was ownership change, whatever. My wife, you know, she, I said, all right, now here's the time we'll write something. We wrote something. We ended up getting a free trip the next year out of it. And I felt guilty about taking the free trip. I'm like, I felt like it was a gamble. But you know what? It was screwed up. The only other time was I had a flight, airline like you, and it was the flight home, and they kept us on a plane for four hours while telling us it was a de-icing problem. Now, I understand there's problems and stuff like that. I thought the way they handled it and their communication was terrible, and people were starting to freak out, get anxiety attacks. You're four hours already trapped on a plane. You're not moving. You don't know what's going on. Awful. Awful. So I wrote a letter to no response, and I actually took to Twitter and tagged them in it, and they called me. I don't even know how they had my number, and they ended up hooking me up a free flight saying, please just don't complain anymore on social media about us. I said, okay. I, they thought I, you know, I don't know if they thought I had clouded. They just didn't want their bad name out there. So I would write a letter calmly because I think you really were screwed. This is a vacation, a quick one for you, and you lost a fr- You lost one of your three days, two and a half days there. Really, one of my two right. nights. And I, I two thought, nights. and just knowing your story, pretty crummy job by them just to assume, hey, flight cancel, no problem, get you on a flight tomorrow, the they next day. it the next day at noon. I think that's wrong to do. Just say, don't worry, you'll be fine. Get you down tomorrow. Like, they don't know your situation. What if you were flying back, you know, the next morning or whatever? Sure. So I think you absolutely have the right to complain, and I give them two weeks to answer you. If not, I'm sorry, man. I go to social media on Twitter. 
I really would because that's I, big guns. It is big guns, and I hate complaining to corporate stuff. I, I just, agree with I'm you. I'm not that type of guy. But I think the reason I would say write the letter first is chances are they'll probably if a good company will answer. You. I don't even want anything from it. I just want them to know, hey, you, you really, really screwed, screwed me, me. But, and, and this is a bad way to handle your customers. And I'm never going to fly your f- airline again. But if they email, if they don't email you back or letter back or anything, forget getting some for free. Wouldn't that agitate you more like what so you don't even care that you screwed up? That's where I would take the social media. Right. And I think your worry is probably like my worry in that I don't want people reading my social media going like, oh here's another you He's know looking for free stuff. Looking for free stuff. I don't want to be that guy. But you know what? I think enough people whoever follows you and sees that I see you telling me you're not complaining about stuff nonstop looking I'm, for that. I also haven't even mentioned the airline's name because I don't even think it's important for everybody to know, oh, it's that airline right. that screwed DA. It's just an airline totally, totally. jammy up. Yeah. And it, they're so it was so bad I'll never fly them again. And that's a promise. But what if they gave you a free flight? You still wouldn't take it? <sighs> I mean, I don't. Still a free flight. I, I guess it's a free flight. I, I would never spend money to be on this flight on okay. this airline ever again. Yeah, I agree. I think they totally screwed you. And it'd be one thing if you were going for like a seven night stay and whatever the first day got screwed yeah. up. I think every step of the way they screwed up. And what really bothers me specifically is when it comes to airlines. Airlines screw up all the time for whatever reason. They're dealing with a million people, a million planes. I get it. Things happen in any company. But don't you have a better protocol by now in 2019 on how to handle problems? Good point. I mean, airlines deal with the same problems every day. Flights canceled, overbooking, losing bags, and it seems like nobody can figure out how to handle it properly without making a person flip out. That's a great point. How do you not have this figured out yet? Two hours before our flight leaves, we just get the email or the text, flight canceled, sorry. See, to me, okay. Let's say, and it's a flight from New York to Charlotte on a Friday. Let's say, for intensive purposes, 115 people on your flight. May not even be that much, right? You're telling me that they can't send an email to all of those people saying, hey, your flight is canceled. Please call this number so we could try to accommodate you right. now. Use this code immediately. Use this code immediately, please. So we're going to try to work with you. This is a problem that's not your problem. It's our problem. Let's figure out what works best for you. But no, they just say, don't worry. We got you a flight yeah. booked the next day. Right. And then... And then send you into a panic, with, and as you explain, a million things going on where you're looking at flights available online to book on your own, and they can't come up with that. And even if they can't fit them on their flight, they should be paying the other airlines to get you down there. They screwed up. And I bet you, if they handled it properly, you know bleep happens, but you'd be like, you know what? I know that if I have a problem on this airline, they're going to take care of me, so I'd be more prone to fly them again. It blows my mind that these airlines can't figure this out. And the ultimate solution was not great, but we got on a flight and landed there at about 8 o'clock or something right. p.m. she was still there that night to get there for Saturday. Had they called me up and said, hey, we know we screwed up here. How can we do, how can we fix this? And their solution ultimately was the solution I got. It would have been somewhat more palatable, but I had to figure out right. that solution right. by going through hell right. just to force them into that solution. They're the billion dollar industry or however much money they make. Figure it out. And as I said, it's not like it's a flight flying a million people. And I know they probably have a million people they got to deal with with flights canceled all over the country, but they should have a team of people per airport. Hey, if something goes wrong, be prepared to answer the phones. We're going to send them your way. Get them on the next flight. Take care of them. Emergency crew. Yeah, emergency crew. That's Clean up the crew. That's fixers. It. They That's need it. fixers. And I'm sure there'd be a certain number of people that aren't necessarily in the situation going, you know what, I can wait till that Saturday flight. You work with it, trial by error, but allow the people to contact you and not make them go through heck. It You're makes right. no sense. You're right. You're right. You see, this is the stuff that you know. Correct. Instead of the, the Tiger Tail Correct. stuff. See, I, learned, I know important stuff. Uh, next week, I want to talk to you about your show. Okay. All right. Yeah. Tiger Tail, Bear Tail kind of 
submarine that this week. As it always will. We'll, we'll get into the show. We'll get into the pork store. It'll be week two next week. Yes. Welcome we to the pork it. store. Okay. Uh, side B with pens on our history of college football road trips and our grading of the Clemson trip coming up here next. All right, welcome into side B of the PGP, and I am hosting it, DA hosting it, because I've got a very special guest that I went to a college football road trip with this past weekend and want to break it down. My good friend Pens, who you know as the color analyst on the Young Guns Small Blocks flag football game of 2016, was it? I think so. Maybe. Pens has also joined us for a number of other Permission Granted podcasts before and one of my closest friends from college, we do the annual college football bucket list road trip. And we decided this past summer, Pens, that for what feels like, I think we have like eight years in a row and like 13 out of 16 years. It's a good run. It's a good run. We were going to try to do Clemson. Now, the reason behind this was we've always wanted to do Death Valley, Clemson. Absolutely. Big time atmosphere. And we're Syracuse grads, so seeing them in the ACC, we watch them relatively often. This is our new conference rival. Unfortunately, yes. And they're defending national champs. So That's what, a huge fact in this. What time better to do it? If we were ever going to see Clemson, it was coming off a demolition of, of Alabama when Trevor Lawrence coming into the season was considered perhaps the best quarterback prospect since Peyton Manning. Right. You've got a top one, two team in the nation preseason with a Heisman Trophy candidate. That's the time to go see the school. Now, we decided on this game, Florida State, because the best game on their schedule was Texas A&M, I think it was week two. But that's way too early for us to get mobilized. It's too warm for us also. Well, that's the other thing. Coming off of Labor Day weekend, you know, for us here in the Northeast, you've got to squeeze everything you have in life out of uh, the summer between Memorial Day and Labor Day. And then once you at Labor Day, it's like the final decompression of, okay, we're back to work. Kids are back to school. Summer's over. Let's get out of town. <laughs> so week two, it's still nice around here, but week two of the college football season, not when you're usually going to travel to South Carolina also when it's 100 degrees and muggy and sweaty and disgusting. Agreed. So we decided to wait until the conference season, and October's always been very good for us. I like October for a college football window because – it started the conference season and separation a little bit. You get to know the good teams versus the bad teams. Do you feel now that you're more zoned in on college football post this trip for the rest of the season? Absolutely. But so yes. do I. Yes, absolutely. And in other trips when we've done it in November, it's like the peak of our interest, and then we're a week or two away from the end of the season. It's almost like we were there too late. A little anticlimactic. Yeah, totally. they just kind of... So the weather couldn't have been better. I mean, it was even a little bit hot. But the weather was perfect, so going in October worked out. We decided on this game because the conference, the ACC's conference slate's terrible. Yeah, it's bad. I mean, we didn't know Miami was going to be this bad. We did not know Virginia Tech was going to be this bad. We didn't know Florida State was going to be this bad. But outside of Clemson, there is not another team you'd want to watch. We really don't want to go to the Clemson weight game. <laughs> I mean, there's just nobody else. So we picked Florida State because not too long ago, this game was the ACC championship And game. it's still, Florida State still has pageantry. You, you still have the band, right, the 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 song we all know. So you think, and, and they have talent, so you think there there's a chance this will be decent. 28-point line. <laughs> the worst part about this trip was twofold. Number one, I talked about this on Trash Tuesday. The travel on Friday nipped us because my flight, me and the dessert coordinator's flight got canceled. We had to re- 
rebook it on a later flight that night. They tried to rebook us on Saturday. We would have missed the game. And by the time you, myself, and the whole crew were together, it was already too late to do anything in Clemson. We, we flew to Charlotte, still another two-hour drive. We did have a big dinner, though, that Friday night. We did? Yeah. The Chick-fil-A. Exit 92 Chick-fil-A. <laughs> the Exit 92 on I-85 Chick-fil-A. The, the happiness when the little Chick-fil-A McNuggets came out, it, it was like people had been saved from a deserted island. And the, the tough part is that the Friday night dinner is something that we love so much. We get this communal, like, okay, we're here, we're going to have dinner, we're feeling the, the game day atmosphere already. It's the only moment of decorum for the weekend. That's right. Yes. So to eat it uh, in the car, in the rental car on the way there, we didn't get to Clemson until 11 o'clock or something like that. So we were, we were just jammed up. We tried to go out that night to one or two of the bars downtown Clemson, but it was really late and, you know, it's, it's closing time and, and I know this is your show. Can I bring up a point here? Yeah. You mentioned we went out to the bars Wednesday night. Can you no, talk Friday a, night? Oh, Friday night, excuse me. Can can you talk a bit about the bars we chose? Well, there's not a lot to choose from. Well, there cuz there's a big moment in this evening that I think you're overlooking. So, I was asking, I was uh canvassing my listeners and the people that I knew down there, where do we go? And I had asked somebody at the local station 1055 The Roar they had me on earlier in the week to talk about the what we were going to expect of the trip. I asked them for suggestions. I was looking for Friday night suggestions. And we got dinner at the Smoking Pig and then beers at Tiger Town Tavern. Correct. So we had missed out on Smoking Pig. It had closed at 9. We were screwed there. We ate our Chick-fil-A. We get into town. We get out at about midnight to the, to the bars. And Tiger Town Tavern, we're walking to. And it's flooded. The downstairs flooded. Downstairs was flooded. Mm-hmm. So there was no Tiger Town Tavern except for the upstairs. The upstairs, which we waited in line for about thirty minutes to get into, figuring, okay, we got to go to the upstairs. We finally get up there, and they tell us it's a membership. You have to spend five dollars to then be a member. I said, okay, well, we'll spend the five bucks. They said, well, you can't do. It. We don't sell memberships after midnight. So we were totally screwed. So we waited in line that entire time to, right. to not get into the bar. But there's an important moment in this night where then we went to another bar, I think, called Study Hall, where, where for, for the listeners, D- Damon had a moment of safe self-realization that I think is critical to the show and his development as a person. Okay. Somewhere in the middle of that bar, somewhere around 1.30 in the morning, you looked across at the group at us and said, I'm not sure we can go to the college bars anymore. And it was a moment I had been waiting a decade for from you where we didn't have to go to bars where the average age was 19 and a half and we weren't in fraternity letters for the first time. I'm not looking for that, Pens. I am not. I'm looking for the best atmosphere. I'm going to throw a red flag. I'm challenging that. Pens, did you see anywhere else we could have gone? They, there's nothing else in Clemson. I'm sure there was a lovely wine bar. There was probably a library. I, I've got a wife and kids. I can't do this anymore. <laughs> I'm telling you. There wasn't, especially not that late. That's the thing. All those bars were closed by the time we got out there at midnight. I'm sure there was a nice episode of Friends we could have watched in the apartment. Well, that's that was definitely on. That was on the table for for the dessert coordinator. Heller would have loved that. So we end up going out. And you're right. Look, at 1.30 on a night before game day, we're, we can't be doing this. We're, we're too old to be doing that anymore. Not when you've got to start. And, and then the second question becomes on Saturday, if it's a 3.30 kick, which we we love. We love the 3.30 kick. What's the appropriate time to get to the tailgate? Well, I think that 
you get out as early as possible. To me, get out at 10 a.m. Yeah, I mean, I thought you were going to say, you know, sunrise. Well, I think... So there's a negotiation here between the two groups, right? There's there's half that are thinking we should get to the the tailgate somewhere between 7:30 and 8 a.m. and and there's a group, including me, that says, well, the kickoff's at 3:30. We can probably walk by the tailgate at like 2:45 and be all set. No, well, we could have done two different camps there, <laughs> but last year we got jammed up in Athens where we went out too late and we didn't have anywhere to go and we just ended up like caught between not knowing when the bulldog walk was, where it was. We didn't have a navigator. Tough parking situation. I agree. Clemson was Clemson was very user-friendly. Yes. So we get dropped off. We walk over to the tailgate, and Jeremy and his wife are just the best. We're hooked up through mutual friends. Actually, Super Dave hooks us up with, with Jeremy and, and his wife, and their tailgate is perfect. It's right walking distance. It's the spot. It's called the spot, and we can walk over to the stadium and uh, they've got tremendous music on. They've got the big screen TV that we can watch. The the uh, George game was on early, South Carolina. And, you know, we could eat, drink, be merry, et cetera, and do it and then also walk around. And I got to go see a little bit of other stuff around the campus. We went to go see Tiger Walk, which is when the, the team comes in from the bus. That was cool and got to kind of dot the map a little bit. I thought that was all great. I, I really like the tailgate situation. I thought that... The tailgate situation was awesome. Everybody had tents. It was set up. I thought it was going to be a little bit grittier. I thought for for Clemson being in the middle of nowhere, and everybody kept saying, there's nothing around Clemson. I thought there was going to be some real aggressive type A fans that were kind of like drunk and sloppy, and and there there really wasn't. No, it was was a really welcoming group. Welcoming, and I I think... Really good behavior? Yeah, that's what I... All good behavior and really seemed like there wasn't a lot of uh like family, casual fun, yes. right? Like like good natured PG thirteen fun. Yes, exactly. Yes. Right? I, we, there was a the tailgate we were at, they were playing some hip hop from the nineties and, and there were a few words in those songs that you might not want your five year old daughter hearing. Sure. And and they were basically apologetic because there were kids walking by going to the game. And they were like, we we probably should change this music. That's a that's a very thoughtful tailgate, yes. right? As opposed yes. to, oops, sorry, I I dropped the Jim Beam on your head. <laughs> that's a good way to put it. So I like that we got out there early. Uh, I wanted to be out there early, especially after last year, because I felt like we wasted time not being at the tailgate last year in Georgia. And this year, we probably had maybe a little bit too much time because. We were probably there for five hours or so. Well, does that include the time we spent at the tailgate not inside the stadium at the game? What do you mean? So the game is four quarters, right? <laughs> oh, right, right, right. The, the game is traditionally in college football a four-quarter game, 15 most of the minutes, time, right? right? Most of Typically. the time. Typically. Not on these road trips, right? For, for Damon, most of these games are two to three quarters, 15 minutes tops. You are so wrong on this. Oh, on. You are so wrong on this because I actually watched the most of this game inside the stadium of all of you guys. But you were filming a nomad. That doesn't count. It does count. It does count. And here's why. We get ready for the game. Everybody's excited. We go inside the stadium. And they're touching Howard's Rock, and they're running down the hill, and the most exciting 25 seconds of college football, and it's all awesome, and I'm loving it. And the pageantry is great, and fans are into it. And it's it's a little weird because it's not a sellout. There's about 
a thousand or so seats way up but high. But it's really busy. It's, it, it feels it's like 95 a full, yes. Yeah, it feels like a packed house. But for Florida State, you would think it's a sellout back in the day, certainly. Yeah, sure. But it's also a fall break, so there's a bunch Good of point. kids that are not there. But the game is over within a half quarter. I mean, it's 14 nothing, and the Tigers were barely trying. And Florida State was so bad, it was like not even a football game. No. It was 28 nothing at the half, and it could have been way worse. Should have been. It should have been probably 42 nothing. 35 for sure. At, against Florida. And a missed field goal, State. right? Yes. At the worst case, it's yeah. 31. Yes. And a, and a goal line stop. So it's got to be close to 40 nothing at half. Exactly. And it's like, all right, game's over. It's it's at that point, it's all academic. So everybody of our group leaves to go back to the tailgate at halftime. To be fair, half the stadium left at halftime. Absolutely. Yes. This was not we were not outliers here. I mean, that no. was actually quite interesting. Half the stadium said, That's it, we're going back to the tailgate and didn't drive out. They they just hung out and watched the the other because they were good three thirty games. Yeah. And then and then they watched the late night games. And that's the most disappointing thing to me here. The travel sucked, okay? The the fact that my I'm, I'm, my flight was canceled because of mechanical, not even weather. So, like, I'll never forgive this this company, this airline. But the, Florida State didn't even make it a half. And so it just sucks all of the drama and excitement out of this whole buildup of Death Valley to where we didn't even get an actual first quarter of football. That's true, but in the fourth quarter, we we were pretty excited because we thought there was a pretty good chance we were going to drive Willie Taggart to the airport in the morning. So <laughs> so just having that out there to to try and figure out for the last part of the game was was interesting for us. I went back inside the stadium. You did. For, so I watched the first half, came out to the tailgate at halftime. Nobody else wanted to go back in for the third quarter. I went in late third quarter to see the rest of the, the quarter because I really did feel like I didn't really get a full experience. So I went back in, and I did film Nomad, and they did let everybody on the field after the game, and I think that is a really good hook. That's a big miss by, by the by rest you guys. of us. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's, a, it's a really good hook because they announced this toward the end of the third quarter. I was already in there, maybe early fourth. They're like, just be safe when you go down to the field, and everybody – and they said, you know, over the loudspeakers, go to an appropriate entrance for the field. I said, wow, that's pretty cool. So cool. And it keeps – about 30,000 people inside the stadium so that even if it's a blowout, they want to go out on the field with the kids. And it's really cool. And I thought that was such a great thing to do because you go to so many sporting events where they just want to rip your ticket, take your money, and get you out. They just want to get out, clean up the stadium, and everybody, you know, drive home. You know what? Two good points. Getting into that stadium was a breeze. I mean, yes, they did metal detectors, but I, I don't know for other listeners, but in New York, getting inside Yankee Stadium, Madison Square Garden is a half-hour process. This was two seconds right into Clemson. The second part is yes. y- you've got to have the right type of fans to be comfortable letting 10,000, 20,000 of them go on the field. Yes. C- can you imagine if, you know, sorry here, but Eagles fans rush the stadium? <laughs> like, like That's going to get a little lawless. Yes. And that was not the – it was like, look, we're going to let you onto the field. Just go to the right spot. You're welcome. Not a problem. Crazy. And, and it really builds a community. And I, I don't know how long they've done this for, but sounds like this has been a tradition for a while. It makes people invested in what they're watching as though they're part of it. I mean, they get to go on the field afterwards. It's like a picnic. Tiger Walk, Dabo slapped every hand he could find, child, adult, grandparent. It, it did feel – 
in all the best ways, like a community, like a really small town community, like everybody was really invested in it. Yep. And what's pretty amazing also about Clemson, for those that don't know, it's really close to a lake, a massive lake on that side of of the state. And so there's a lot of people that have weekend homes or vacation homes or live on the lake. So it's like a lake community that comes together for a massive college football game and welcomes some people from Atlanta, welcomes some people from Charlotte, welcomes some people from Spartanburg and other places of the state. But it's like it's this little tucked away corner of South Carolina on the water. And then there's a two time out of the last three years, national champion college football team that plays in their backyard. It's pretty wild in that way. It's crazy that a small town has that importance of football. I mean, I guess it's a little bit like happy Valley, but, but Penn state's a giant university. Yeah. This felt like small town with the best college football team of the last few years. So I really loved it. I, I really, really loved it. The people were so warm and friendly and cool. Um, it wasn't an aggressive atmosphere. We felt welcome. And after the game, to be welcomed into Tadaro's Pizza, Greg and the gang over there listened to the show, and uh, they invited us in, and we had a couple of pies and had a couple of beers, and they just treated us great. That was a really cool, like, welcoming in exper- uh, experience and I just thought the whole thing was really awesome. Um, the two things, the airline company screwed me out of my smoking pig, which I'll never forgive them for. Never. And uh, number two, Florida State didn't show up. And that was a drag because we've gone to all these amazing games and we've seen amazing fourth quarters. But we've seen some bad games. I just think because this was Clemson and the number one team in the country, we were hoping to get a better game. I think early on in these trips, the, the game was really secondary. But now we've matured. We want to see a good game, not just any game. Yeah. So that was my two, my two bummers. What would you, uh, what would you say is, if you had any bummers? Bummer. The six a.m. wake up calls both days were bummers. For for the flight and then to try and get my act together before your eight a.m. reveille to get to the tailgate on Saturday. <laughs> Well, you know, we can learn from this. Number one, I, I can never work on Friday before this trip again. Okay, I always have to take oh, that Friday off. Disaster. That, so that was my mistake. Number two, maybe we should take two different cars to the tailgate because no, I want to get out there I, at the Grack I'll tell you what, you, you don't. did much better this trip, and it's taken 15-plus years for you to get this right. We shouldn't stay in a crack den. Thank you. We had a we had reasonably we had reasonable accommodations, really nice in a in a good location. We felt safe, <laughs> right? I mean that w- that was the big one. I felt safe going to bed. Huge. And, and and by the way, that's been the it's a big win. Yeah, that's the Mo- the Mendoza line for us. Do you feel safe at night? <laughs> Not like did they give you a robe, and and did it have a pool <laughs> or a gym? It's did you go to bed sleeping with a knife? And I didn't this time. Well, Murder Hotel in Auburn, okay, that was the turning point for me forever. It was so bad, we weren't, we didn't stay in it the second night. We would rather drive overnight out of Auburn to Atlanta than stay a second night in that hotel. And we should have learned that lesson in Texas A&M where the driver said to us, oh, someone was killed in that room <laughs> <Yeah>. last week. <laughs> Yes, there's a Nomad episode that I have about how awful the Auburn Hotel was. But after that, the last two years, Athens and now Clemson, I booked very nice houses on Airbnb for us. Significant improvement. So so we can take, though, two cars to the uh, 
to the tailgates on no, Saturday. No, no, it, it worked out just fine. The, the thing is, I think you have a strategic misfire in waking up that early on Sunday morning that you always fly out like first flight out Sunday morning. You got to get out. And I think it's a strategic misfire because you can't tell me it doesn't weigh on you Saturday. You, It's in the back of your mind, I got to wake up at 5 a.m. tomorrow. It doesn't. And, and so it's got to curtail your enjoyment of the game, of the night, of of – making that Saturday all it could be. No. I mean, look, you get the luxury of doing your show from these towns. I, no, you you, you got to get out. It's <laughs> over. The moment has passed. There's no more. It's like that, the the Sunday of the NCAA tournament, right, where it's the Saturday, and what are you doing all, all day Sunday before the Monday game? Like, just get out of town if your team lost. This was a, you got to get out Sunday morning, I first like thing. The, I like the exhale. I really like the exhale. I really exhale do. on the flight. Uh, so I will bring this up. So Clemson, I, I had a great time. I really enjoyed it. I can't wait to put out this Nomad episode. Uh, I will say there's been already talk about next year, our first return trip. Ooh, run it back. People are talking, chatter is, and you and I are really the core of this. We've done this 03, 08, 11, 12, 13, 14, 16, 17, 18, 19. All of those years, both you and I were together. You've done some stuff without me. I've done some stuff without you. But these are the ones that... <laughs> like it's a bad relationship. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> People are talking LSU 2020. Everybody wants LSU 2020. And you and I did that in 2011. Yes, it's the granddaddy of them all. And after all of this, you would say it's time to go back to Baton Rouge. It's always time to go back to Baton Rouge. It's the best one. But we have waited to see if other ones could top it. Well, and look, this is a really good LSU team. So if we go next year, this could be a very similar to Clemson situation where they're coming off a top five season and Death Valley, this Death Valley, is is just off the hook going into 2020. Agreed. So I think next year, God willing, that I think it's going to be the LSU trip 2020. Before I let you go, I, I did some research on the games that we went to, that we've gone to over the years. Okay. And I have a factoid of a did you know about a couple of those that I had no idea. Now, I lived these, and I had no idea this happened. Okay. Either because I forgot it or, or was not aware of it at the time. Right. Our first one together, now, we went to Q's together, and we graduated no one. So any of those road trips don't necessarily they don't count. count. They have to be post. Yeah. This is where we went somewhere for a game. It needs a plane. Number one, we went to watch Texas Tech at Mizzou, Columbia, uh, Columbia, Missouri, when I was working in Kansas City yep. in 2003. Did you know Mizzou scored 62 points that day on the back of Brad Smith's five touchdowns? No, I thought of Texas Tech put, putting up a ton of points in that era. I would have never have known. Brad Smith, great name. Yeah, Mizzou won 62-31. Uh, next up, in 20, uh, 2008, did you know we went to Notre Dame to see Syracuse play at Notre Dame? Okay. This was Greg Robinson's final game. Greg Robinson had actually been fired. Already been fired. I hope fired. I was hoping that was the do you know, because now I don't know. It was, it, he was fired before the game. Mm-hmm. So he was on the sideline as a as a dead duck. And the and the Notre Dame coach was in trouble too. Charlie Weiss Trice was in was, trouble. Because in the pregame tailgate, both us and the Notre Dame fans were like, look, you're going to win this game. Like, yeah. no, you're going to win. Yeah. No, look, we're terrible. No, we're terrible. It was a very nice atmosphere. Syracuse won 24-23 on a last-second yep. field goal. Yep. Did you know Syracuse was a 19-and-a-half-point dog in that game? 
We won a game that we were a 19 and a half point underdog. It was arguably the worst loss in Notre Dame history by a point spread. Cameron Daniels, our quarterback. Cameron Dantley. Cam- Cameron Dantley. That was a um, a Jimmy Clausen Notre Dame led team. <laughs> that was Charlie Weiss's final game because he game. got can- we, yeah. Someone had to get canned. <laughs> we got clean a clean house game. So, so it was 2008 clean house game. Coaching staff got cleaned out. You got fired before the game, and since you lost to him, you're fired. <laughs> In 2011, we did two games. Okay, I was in Ve- I was in it. Vegas covering a fight. You, I was in LA for work. You were in LA for work. Syracuse happened to be playing at USC that weekend. You said, "Let's do it." I drove in drove from Vegas. Night. I rented a car, drove in. On that game, USC won 38-17. Matt Barkley threw five touchdowns for USC. I would have never remembered that. <laughs> never <laughs> right? remembered that. Right? Never. Uh, okay, that was 2011. That was the same year we did LSU. This was Auburn at LSU. This was late October. We saw, I don't remember this, a 40, a 40 <laughs> I don't even know what that says. A about 45 us. to 10 game. I wasn't even drunk in this game. 45 to 10, LSU won as the number one team in the country. It was the final game they would play before they played the epic 9-6 game against Alabama. Was that, that arg- the game of the century game? Yes, that arguably changed everything in college football because if you remember uh, LSU wins that game on field goals, 9-6. They end up meeting again in the national championship game. Right. Alabama wins, and the country was so pissed off that they said, we can't have two SEC teams of the college championship anymore. We need a playoff. And they're one and one against each other, and Alabama's the national champion. Yes, exactly. So we saw the game before that, but LSU was the number one team of the country. I don't even remember I that. remember them being awesome. <laughs> I don't rem- and I remember them killing Auburn. I can't believe they were the number. So we've seen top five team a handful of times. Exactly. After that, we went 2013 to Mississippi State at Texas A&M. This was Dak Prescott versus Johnny Manziel. I, that's the best one of the okay. did you knows. Of did you know? Did you know on this date, Johnny Manziel threw for 446 yards and five touchdowns. I knew the numbers were absurd. I would bet there was over easily over a thousand yards of total offense. There was. Dak Prescott accounted for like three hundred total yards, one fifty through the air, almost two hundred on the ground. And didn't he split the quarterback job during that game? Oh, good question. Maybe I think they I think he was technically the backup, but then played the back half of that game. You might be right. And that was Manziel's last home game? Uh it might have been. I think it was his final home game. It might have been. It was emotional inside, Kyle. That was the year also. That was the game that they that uh, H.W. Bush, no, uh, the yeah, the original, yep. uh, put a put the first shovel in the ground for the renovations of Kyle Field. Right, that's right. Uh, so that was 2013. 2014, we saw Alabama roll A&M 59-0 in Tuscaloosa. Bama was number seven in the country. That was a Blake Sims Alabama team. Alabama was seven in the country? Yeah. Doesn't it sound like, I, I would have never thought they were outside of the top five in the last decade. That was the, did you know? How were there seven, there were six other teams? Derrick Henry was the running back. Amari Cooper was their wide receiver. And they were remember. number seven in the country. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, that was 2014. 2016, we did Bama at Ole Miss. And that was one of the craziest games of the era because Hugh Freeze, not Huge Freeze, and Ole Miss had, I think, a 21-point lead. Uh, Alabama came roaring back in the second half, won that game. But that was where that was the era where Ole Miss was beating Alabama every year. Auburn, Georgia. Georgia's the number one team of the country going to Jordan-Hare at Auburn. 
And number 10 Auburn destroys them. Mm-hmm. And so we saw the number one team of the country get demolished at Auburn. And we saw Tumor's corner get rolled. Absolutely. The year after that, we go to Auburn for the Georgia at Auburn game. And then Georgia wins that game at home in Athens. Right. And then this year, we see Clemson and Florida State and an absolute thrashing. But we have seen some weird, did you know that happened? Do you remember that it happened? Don't remember. And that was a very weird moment of this is your life. Welcome to your last 15 falls. And let me give you the final, did you know? Our first one in 2003. We go to Texas Tech at Missouri on Saturday. Sunday night is Bills at the (laughs) Chiefs at Arrowhead Stadium. Sunday night football. You're in town. Let's do that one, too. Okay, so we're doing college football at Columbia, Missouri, and then the NFL at Arrowhead. And we sit in the end zone right in front of Warren Moon. I I was hoping that did you know was did you know who we sat next to? Did you know Warren Moon was right behind us? He had probably retired like a year earlier, and he was sitting behind us watching this game. No press pass, no credential, nothing. Just sitting 30 rows up behind the stadium, behind the field goal with us. Overall, it was an awesome trip. Excited to do it. Look for Nomad coming out this week. Thanks, D.I. I was happy to be a part of it. That is your Permission Granted podcast. You can always subscribe, as we mentioned, on iTunes, radio.com, and go to cbssportsradio.com. We'll see you next week, everybody. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com.